0: Hi, uh, my name is Thane Aaron. People just call me Eli. That's not really too much important. Uh, the thing is, I mentioned, I mentioned, uh get my words tongue-tied here a little bit. Anyway, I saw Sam Hale, uh, as he goes by, of his films, mentioned that you had an interview with Miss Sox. And I have been com- collecting his films for a little while now, a uh, fan of his work. And I Cut Your Flesh is one of my favorites of his, if not my favorite of his so far. So, of course, hearing about the interview, I was excited I come over here. I've just finished listening to it. I loved it. Thank you. Hope you have her back. If you do, I'll definitely want to hear that, too. And while I was here, I noticed some of the other titles you have, like Sacrifice and Serbian Film. Film titles I like a lot. So I'm going to be checking those out next. Anyway, have a good one. This has been Eli. Bye. Thank you so much to Eli for that voice message. I do greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, if you would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can always download the Anchor app free and leave a voice note, and I will feature it if you do wish so. But yeah, but Miss Socks is an amazing person as well as Sam Hell. I love the conversations that we had together, and I would definitely love to get her back on another podcast for sure. I will definitely keep everybody posted on my social media, which I will list at the end of this um, podcast. So for those that may be new to my podcast, I'm Kirstie Nightmare aka Kirstie McQueen and I am the creator of the Too Extreme for Mainstream podcast. I did get permission however from Mr Stephen Byrow to use the name for this specific podcast. Now my disclaimer, my podcast and episodes do contain graphic information regarding sexual elements and violence, so if you are under the age of 18, please do not proceed to listen on so you have been warned. Now, Lucifer, Valentine. Lucifer, Lucifer, Lucifer. I will say up front that I personally have been a big fan of Valentine's work, but I'd never ever done my research until now. But for quite a few years, I've watched his films on and off, and even though the vomit side of things isn't my go-to, I've always appreciated the craftsmanship and art that goes into his films. Now, I was actually thinking about re-watching The Perfect Child of Satan on a dvd because i have all of his dvds and i thought you know what i'm gonna look up there's any merch of this guy and then i come across some very disturbing information online now buckle up grab a coffee grab some snacks because this is going to be a kind of in-depth episode relating to lucifer valentine enjoy so when it comes to Lucifer Valentine, everybody knows the persona Lucifer Valentine is a director in the too extreme for mainstream category with extreme films of the Vomit Go Fetish, um the Slaughtered Vomit dolls series, um, and his artwork on the front cover of his DVDs are very questionable, they're very childlike, but very dark at the same time. Um, I've seen all of the films, like I said, I've got all of these DVDs and like I said, I do appreciate the craftsmanship that went into the films however, um, I wrote a lot of notes down I did my research and thorough research and one post I did read was that his identity is very secret although one video in particular did reveal his identity apparently um, I'm not going to reveal that identity just in case it's not the same person um you know because i don't want to be liable for anything and you know even though it's it's public knowledge basically um i don't really want to go down that path myself with copyright or whatever so anyway so what i've overall read and it all led back to his baby sister is what he called her Cinderella now Many people in the Too Extreme for Mainstream fandom um, might love his movies, but they might not know that much what I've actually went into because I didn't know any of this. I heard about the sister thing, and I didn't really know much in detail about this situation, but I did know about a baby sister called Cinderella quite a few years ago, but I didn't really look into the interviews or anything like that. But I'm going to go over, as an overview, of what he's basically said in an interview... Um, so relating to Cinderella Valentine, I'm just going to call her Um, the whole Cinderella name is obviously not her real name but I think personally judging from what I've read and what I've seen so far, this name could be related to the band Cinderella which was formed in 1983 in Philadelphia now that's where I think he got that name from it could have been the Disney film Cinderella I have no idea uh, but it just seems very unlikely being that Cinderella the Disney film and then looking at his movies, it just does not seem like there's a connection to that. So that's where my theory for that come from. Um, there's nothing about Cinderella Valentine online at all and she's not here to tell the tale, unfortunately. So I can't find anything about that. Um, apparently, Cinderella suffered with a deteriorative retina disorder Um where she could only vaguely see shadows, according to him, and according to Lucifer Valentine. Um, Now, I read this up. Um, This could be inherited from both parents, one parent, or it could come on by itself. So that is what I found out with that. Um, She apparently, Cinderella, was apparently diagnosed with ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder. This means someone with ASD It's a neurological and development development, um, disorder that affects how people interact with others, communicate, learn and behave. This disorder can be diagnosed as early as two years old. So my question there straight away with reading about this and what he said, why was this not diagnosed? That's my question. Why did they not seek her treatment? According to Lucifer Valentine, it's because his parents were too busy and gross with their work that he had to actually look after her. Now I'm gonna come on later on and talk about why I think this is over exaggeration, but I could be wrong. Um, apparent according to um, Lucifer Valentine, he attached a harness and leash to her while in the yard so she wouldn't wander off or get hit by a car. Now my question is, she apparently was the only one he would, uh, what, what she would respond to him, um, or to even acknowledge. So if that's the case, why did he have to attach this harness and leash and keep out at bay if she actually responded to him straight away and the only person that she would respond to? That is my question again. So why did he need to attach the collar and leash again if she responded to him? Um she became completely dependent on him. He claimed she believed that she would marry Lucifer and have children. People with ASD can't actually think for themselves and it's extremely gifted or they need severe help in order for that to happen. So she wasn't in that frame of mind to think that sort of way. So for him to say that she had this disorder, ASD, and the fact that he says that she believed that they were going to get married and have children, this to me seems very unlikely. um, But again, He did claim he has a dominant personality. So could he have abused his sister in that kind of way? I have no idea. Now, I'm going to move on to the next one. I've got loads of notes here. Um, I'm just going to go through, like I said, what I've come up with. And we'll move on to the next part of the episode. So we are now going to be talking about Amira Levy. Um, So... I think everybody knows about this. She was featured in a film, apparently. Um, Apparently, that was her in the film. Like I said, I have seen the films, and um, I have seen them quite a while ago. I do need to re-watch them at some point, uh, but I'm not really fond of the vomit part of it. Um, (laughs) So, I I will re-watch them at some point. But anyway, Amira and Valentine entered into a 24-7 total power exchange relationship in an agreement which they agreed to, which is fine, however... Valentine was expressing absolutely nothing was off limits. Uh, That seemed a little bit concerning as everybody has limits. So to me, that is a red flag. And he said this openly himself in an interview. So that's not personal to him. Again, that sounds abusive to me. Um, It was all at his discretion, not Amira's. And again, all more power seems to go towards him. Um, and again, everybody has limits. And for it to be to his dis- discretion, not Amira's, was this consensual? You know, you've got all these questions in the back of your head. She's not here to tell the story, neither is Cinderella. So we can't really get that side of things. So I'm just taking off what I'm saying at face value here. Um, but my question is, someone like Amira turning up at her, par- at her partner's door in her position isn't really uncommon. Um, She turned to him for help. The entrant into a 24-7 power exchange relationship, however, if you haven't done it before, is highly unlikely. And that is because it goes from complete freedom to no freedom at all. You know, so it's very difficult for someone to give up that much control, in my personal experience, without a drop roll, which didn't seem to be the case when it comes to Amira and Valentine. So... Also someone with the amount of issues and drug and alcohol issues that Amira had. That sort of relationship wouldn't happen. You as a dominant or a guide for someone else and you act on your submissive's best interests at heart. You know, so that did not seem to be the case here um you know you as a dominant are not a god you tell your submissive to seek help elsewhere you are not a psychiatrist and you do not help people else you know like that in a relationship at all if your submissive has issues with drug and alcohol you tell them to seek help outside of the relationship and then when they come back into the relationship after they've you know gone through what they have then that's when you are a guide for them to help them the rest of the way if that makes sense but anyway, but that was Amira. Now, we are going to move on. Now, this is where we get into the nitty-gritty of Lucifer Valentine. Um, the reason I stated on Facebook um the whole thing of me saying why I, su- why I still support Lucifer Valentine and my explanation as to why, and this is it right here. So, um... A Reddit post came out. Um, I can't remember the date now, but you'll be find it, uh, claiming that Lucifer Valentine was involved with sexual abuse and child grooming, and loads of allegations against him. Um, claiming, you know, he was very inappropriate in messages and stuff and he got people to you know these underage girls to join these groups on Facebook and whatnot. I even read somewhere that the police were involved and they were letting them get away with it. Um but yeah but the original post came from a T on Twitter and this T, this person only had screenshots of his interview talking about Cinderella um People have come forward on there saying that they've heard about all the allegations and whatnot. Um, apparently, there's Facebook groups with all this inappropriate stuff on it that all these young children are on. Apparently, um, there's screenshots of people talking to them. That's on certain videos and everything. I've seen some of the screenshots and there was nothing predatory in those messages that I've seen. Um, now... The reason I say I still support Lucifer Valentine is because there is not one piece of concrete evidence of him doing any of this. And that is not me supporting an apparent predator, that is me stating what I'm looking at at face value. Um, the reason I didn't want to talk about Lucifer Valentine in the future before this podcast was obviously because I wanted to do my research on this guy and I wanted to make sure I was not supporting a predator. So from judging from my research, there's nothing concrete and it all refers back to this one Twitter thread. Um, so nothing to me states that he's a predator, um, the only thing that you can't talk about is his, is his relationship with his younger sister, Cinderella. But nobody knows how old she was. There is no evidence that she was underage or anything. He says baby sister. But in case you didn't know, um, in the lifestyle, there is mummy and daddy figures uh, with grown adults acting as children. So to me... All of this, what he said could be just for shock value. That is my personal opinion right there. All of this about his sister was just for shock value. There's nowhere in the interviews or anywhere online that he said that his baby sister was under age um so that is not concrete to me um in the things that I've read about Lucifer um about what he's into, and everything like that. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people in the BDSM lifestyle that is into vomit, that is into shit, that does the stuff that he does. So to me, none of this is illegal. Um as far as I'm concerned, um he's innocent as of now. Um and that is my personal opinion on that matter. Like I said, everything relates back to this Twitter thread and there has been speculation that people know who this guy is. I'm not going to reveal it on this podcast uh, because I respect his identity. And to me, there's no concrete evidence. So I'm not going to re- release information on a guy that could be totally innocent. I'm not going to do that. um, And I don't want people to go to Lucifer Valentine's pages or anything like that and cause havoc. That's not me. I don't promote that on this channel. So if you are the type of person to spam hate and everything it is towards people where you have not got concrete evidence you can get the fuck off this podcast so what do i think of the whole lucifer valentine situation i am as a summary i am going to continue to watch his films um until i physically see concrete evidence of this facebook group of these personal messages of everything he supposedly have done um And it's not about protecting the victims at all in this case, because, you know, why, in my personal opinion, if this was such a big thing, and he is such a predator as they claim he is, and apparently the police are involved, I think that's very highly unlikely. I think all of this, because he has got a fandom that is pretty obsessed with him, he's admitted that, he said that his fans can go totally batshit crazy when it comes to him so could this be a whole situation if they are that obsessed with him they've said all this to gain popularity could it be that i don't know but from my personal point of view that could be the case um so like again i am not taking anything as concrete evidence because i can't physically see anything it's it's not right. If, if this guy is innocent, um, it's not right for people to slander things like this. It's, it's, it's absolutely dreadful. Uh, but like again, for all those people that may come to me after this podcast and say, you support a predator, show me the evidence. Show me the concrete evidence. And yes, I am not saying what if his relationship with his younger sister, Cinderella, is true and she was a child. Where's the proof of this? And you may not be able to get proof because she's not here to tell the story, unfortunately. But there's nothing. If if this is all exaggerated on his point of view, and it was an actual adult woman, um, then that is completely normal in all lifestyle. You know, to do things like that with the collar and leash, in case people didn't know, it's completely normal. That is what you call pet play. Um. But yeah. But I just thought I would talk about that. I had to get that off my chest. Um, but, yeah, but if you've got any questions relating to Luce for Valentine, or if you've got any information to give me at all, um then I do appreciate it, but it hasn't been given yet, so I highly doubt it's going to be given to me um so I'm not going to take this as concrete evidence at all, like I said um I'm just going to forget all about that now until I physically say something hardcore, then that's when i'll I'll rethink my actions about watching these films, but until then, I'm still going to support Luce for Valentine. Anyway, if you want to send me a message or support me on social media, you can add me on Facebook, and it's just Kirsty Ann, that's K-I-R-S-T-Y-A-N-N, um, or Sensory Stowers on Instagram, which is S-A-N-S-O-R-Y underscore S-T-O-W-E-R-S. So, yeah. Or you can send a voice note on this Anka app on this podcast, and I'll feature in the next podcast if you would like. Apart from that, I hope you have a good... Evening, afternoon, morning, night, wherever you may be, and I will catch you on the next one. Bye, guys.